Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a thing or two. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we start a kook cast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. You should get on their special upload this week for the members, including free members. They'll get to see the whole video I put up our very first talk all right we got to give a little speech Nah, i wouldn't call it a speech it was more like a discussion uh at the reform club in amagansett it went so well everyone that came out so grateful to you and really enjoyed speaking with you and and talking on the topic of if you want to go fast go slow um, so yeah, that, that's up on the website. Go check it out if you have a membership login. All right, on the show this week, we have Papa Ken, Ken Angelo. This man is like a father to me, has just enabled us in so many ways to surf, me and the boys, whether it's as small as just leaving an egg sandwich on your car seat from when you get out of the water back to your car, to as big as a bed, a ride, whatever. He will make sure his boys get to surf, carrying on the tradition from his mother and his grandma that did the same for him and his friends. So uh, a warm, warm vibes on this one. Ken was a little reluctant to speak to me, by the way. (laughs) You know how those humble legends are. They don't like to talk about what they do so well. But I think I, I squeezed a little bit out of them for you. Maybe we'll give it a try another time for another episode. Let's go. Before we say anything, I just want everybody who listens to this to know who you are to me, which is a pretty special person. Okay. Basically like a second dad. (laughs) Ken Ken and his wife, Denise, are literally my second parents. Opened up their home so many times to me over and over again. I really feel that way. Second parents. And in fact, Denise calls me her fourth son. (laughs) But... um, Ken, you've been surfing for so long. You got so many good stories. I know you do. He's pretty reluctant to talk to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's start with this place where we sit right now. How special is this? This is like part of why not only you, but I got to surf in Montauk when I was young, you know, to have a place like this. Yeah, this place has been the uh, <clears throat> the best place for everyone to surf for a long time. A lot of people not only learned how to surf here, honed their craft here, retired out here too <laughs> at this point. So tell, tell me about Gam, because she's like, she's the matriarch that started it all, the generous heart, the one that opened up her doors to anybody. I've heard stories over and over again about her, and you really carry that tradition for sure. Well, from day, from day one, she was welcoming people into the house, making his friends would all be 
hanging out. They'd be sleeping on the deck. There'd be so many of them. <laughs> they'd be ma and they'd get up in the morning and make them pancakes and stuff like that. I mean, you know, if you if your car broke down, you could pull it into the parking lot and leave it there. If you were if you needed a if you if you looked like you were forlorn forlornly walking down the street, they'd invite you up to the house. <laughs> it was nuts. It was nuts. But it was wonderful. And it was and she definitely inspired me to do that. Yeah. You know, you, inspired us all to do that. You certainly but, do it. You know, that's what it's about. Sharing it. So I guess I guess we have to remind ourselves that people don't know where we are. It's like the most prime real estate for a surfer in Montauk, the house right at the top of the dirt road, you know, down in front of, you know, one of the best spots, one of the most consistent spots. You could you could show up almost any day of the year and surf here, wouldn't you say? That's absolutely. <clears throat> and you're you're one of the most positive people about conditions I've ever met. You're the one who's actually kind of part of the reason that I'm so positive about conditions because I remember years ago, years ago, when we'd bitch and moan about onshore conditions or some shitty little situation, and you'd just be like, what are you talking about? Get out there. I see waves. That's right. I see something to surf. And it wasn't just preaching. You did it. That's a fact. It was, when you, when you were here, it was you surf. You get up in the morning, you surf. Get breakfast, go back, you surf. Lunch, maybe a little bit of a rest. Another surf session, four to five sessions a day. How it was the best. It was the best. Yeah. And Gam was all behind that, huh? Yeah, you know, it was. It was wonderful. It was great. <laughs> what was her relationship to the water? Was she like a water woman, or just appreciated it? Like, why did she, she pick this house out well, here? Why did she? Why did she pick this spot? This is back how in the 60s, she exactly right? picked the spot. I'm not sure, but she was. There's a picture of her floating around, of her sitting on the beach somewhere in Montauk in the 20s or 30s or something like that, you know? So it had always been on her radar. And one day she said to my mother, Gene, look at this ad for property in Montauk. What do you think? Let's take a drive out there. So they drove out here, and it was this 60 by 100 lot for $10,000 or something. You know, it was in the 60s. And uh, for, for another $15,000, they built the house. So for $25,000, we had this house right here in front of the best break in the world. Mickey and Steve and Ralph got busted. The, the, like within two weeks of them, they started the construction. The, the rafters were up. That's it. They were camping in here with a fire going. <laughs> And Maurice, direct Chuck Maurice, the old good old Chuck detective Chuck Maurice, lived right around the block. He drives around. And he goes, "Oh God, uh, look what I found." <laughs> what were they burning? The spare lumber or something? No, I don't know what they were doing, but they were freaking, you know, they're cooking beans over a fire or something. It was crazy. <laughs> and what was the trailer park like back then? Well, that was that was a coolest part too, because the trailer park was about. It was probably about 50 trailers, and this whole western side was campgrounds mm. where you could pull your truck up, you could pitch a tent, 
So all the surfers from up island would just pitch tents there. You know, there were these little, these little, you know, chicken shacks that you could sleep, you could rent and sleep in and stuff like that. So it was surfer's paradise mm. pretty much in the like late 60s, early 70s. And you guys already had this spot, we so you were spot. like royalty. Yeah, well, I don't want to go there, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are. <laughs> I mean, so, you know, everybody that doesn't realize this, this is Ken Angelo. This is John's father. If you didn't listen to episode 97 with John, that's a hoot. <laughs> but um, John speaks actually very highly of your surfing, you know, and, and your style. And there's a few pics in there. I'm going to have to snap a few for get them on my phone to make sure I have them to show everyone. But what talk about how this place kind of shaped your surfing. How did it like the board you chose or did it at all? Well, it was a left. First wave, I, the first wave I stood, the first wave I ever caught on a surfboard, I was riding a nine foot, oh shit. Maybe might have been a Bing pintail. I stood up, goofy foot of course, <laughs> dropped in, turned, went right across the wave. At least that's how I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it gets better and better every year, right? So. So naturally, I became a goofy foot because we were surfing ditch planes, and could surf anytime I wanted, anytime I wanted. And the best surfers came out here. That was the, you know, now you know in our day. Granted, there you had to share kooks in the water, but when the swells, when it was a good day, like the best of Long Island was here, always. So they knew. You know, so everybody knew. Secret was out early. Yeah, you know, there just wasn't that many of you. None of us, you know, but yeah, there was, it was, you know, on a day like today, instead of watching mostly collisions and pearls <laughs> and boards flying and people running each over, you'd see some real ripping and it was good. Those were fun. Those what, were fun days. What was your maneuver? What did you feel like your friends recognized you for or you were proud of? You know, what was your thing? Do you have, did you have something? It was the tube, man. The tube? I was the tube, Not man. Not a ditch planes. Fuck yeah, man. I could get tubed every time a tube ditch planes. <laughs> that sounds like John. You really mm -hmm. are. You're son's father. <laughs> if you know where it is, if you know where to find it, you're going to, if you know where to look, you're going to find it. Honestly, that's, that's actually very true because I, more than anybody, I've seen John pull into these little head dip sections, you know, it's mm. not a tubing wave. Let's, let's face it. But there are moments where the wave hits the right part of the bottom, hits, has yeah. the right wind, has a nice little section yeah. that throws on over. <clears throat> on the inside in front of the jetty, that was the best place, you know. Mm. You, you, that's where you could catch it. Sometimes the sand up. up. The tube. What a good signature to have. And the off the lip. Off the lip, yeah. When you do it just right, you know, and it like throws you back into the wave with speed, you know, that's... That's a special one. I feel like I'm still on that path of discovery, you know, to really time it properly. Not to like turn off of it, but to actually get thrown back into the wave by the lip breaking, yep. you know? It's yeah. a pretty precise timing, actually. But I, you know, I could surf as much as I want, so I got pretty good pretty fast. And plus, I was 13 when I started, and the next year, was the shortboard revolution. 
So I'm just going to ask you about that. So I went from nine foot for one summer, basically, and then I was on six foot after that. Really? You know? It dropped and that I, much? You well, were six feet right I, away? I took, I got a, my, my next mother was six six. Wow. Six six surf jet. Surf jet. Who yeah. shapes that? Uh, who shaped those? Let's see. Peter Aki was the shop owner. Who was shaping for him in those days? God, I don't know. Roly Eisenberg, maybe? I don't know. Hmm. I, I, don't, I don't really remember. And was it, were you, were you a shortboarder? What, you, what do you call yourself? Oh, fuck. Always a shortboarder. Shortboarder. Always shortboarder a shortboarder. The bone. All right, all right. I still don't know how to ride a longboard. I still don't know how to ride a longboard. Ah, here comes some rain. Oh, yeah. It's been such a strange, yeah. strange weather day, huh? Are you good under there? Are I'm you good. staying dry? It's a nice warm rain. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. It's one of those like passing shower kind of rains, you know? Yeah. It's not gonna it's not gonna keep going. Damn dude, so what about okay, so as a surfer from New York, I know how like the it gets cold. There's not many months that you can surf without a wetsuit. How, what did you do about the, all those other months? Did you have a wetsuit? Or well, did, what, what was yeah, your trick? We have a wetsuit. <laughs> <laughs> we were wearing, you know, we didn't, I didn't surf a lot in the winter. You know, mostly, probably from, you know, January, February, and March, we weren't surfing at all. It was just too cold. In December, in, in December and April, you'd be wearing these freaking dive suits, quarter-inch thick dive suits with beaver tail tops. The ta oh, it was just insane. It was just crazy, you know? So, yeah, the, 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 the technology wasn't anywhere close to really allowing you to, to really enjoy surfing in the winter in those days. So I played basketball in the winter. Did you have any days where you saw like epic surf in the winter, but you just knew it was too cold to surf? Or did you just stay away from the ocean entirely? When Yeah, I, I pretty much was like, eh, we can, we can let it sit for a while. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, just let it. I wasn't, I wasn't hungry for the surf in the winter then. Mm. Like I said, it was impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, mm -hmm. it was freezing cold. You know, there, the, there was no seam, there were no sealed seams on these things. The water would just gush in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk about getting flushed. Oh my gosh. Yeah. One of the worst feelings in surfing. <clears throat> and so were those, those were full suits though? Yeah, full suits. And what was so pants, the point of the They were pants. No, you had pants. It wasn't a full suit. Oh. It was pants and a top. Oh, and the beaver, and the beaver tail, tail locked, it locked it in, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was quarter inch thick. It they were it was insane how oh, how bulky they were. So yeah, we weren't really into All right, it. so tell me about your, your best day out here. There's got to be a memorable swell that just will always be accessible file for you. You have these images and pictures and motion pictures in your head. I'm sure epic tubes. What is I think the most it was, memorable? It was, I, I don't know the exact day. It was in August. It was August. And I could tell you this, if I look back at Grateful Dead concerts at, in New Jersey, at, at the Raceway in New Jersey, because those guys all went to see the Grateful Dead this night, the night before, and got here at 6 a.m., and it was 6 to 8 foot, and just freaking screaming lines across the thing, you know? Just the whole, just, just perfect, just perfect surf. 
you know. And there was, there was, there was like in those days when it was six to eight foot, most people wouldn't go out. And those guys were so spaced out from the concert that they couldn't even surf. So, <laughs> so was, that takes a good so, couple. Numbers. So I had it out there with a few of our friends, you know, all to ourselves. And it was just, you know, like six surf sessions all day long, just getting a little bit smaller. But I can still remember, you know, surfing from dawn until sunset, you know, looking through the tubes at sunset. One of those days. <laughs> One of those days, yeah. That's probably, and I really do remember that day. I really do remember that day, you know, as one of the best ever. We just recently had a, a, you know, a great day like that. Hurricane Teddy just passed through. And on Tuesday, when it really pulsed, I've never seen our good old friendly ditch planes turn into what it did. But manageable. You know, that's the thing. I've seen it big, plenty. Yeah. You know, it's gotten all weird and turbulent and huge, but not really enticing to surf. Whereas this, on Tuesday, yeah, I, wish I, wish I, 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 I got to show you some video. I definitely have some. I think. Did you, did you surf Coast Guards that morning and then come out here? Yes, yeah. Right, okay. Because yeah, William and I were going to come out here for the day, and I was like, oh, man. Oh, I wish we should have gone. But, well, I went down and watched... Lido for a while, so I got my, oh, I got my yeah yeah you got your I got my fixing yep yep so it was but it was just special to see because you know it's normally our friendly beginner wave you know and it just turned into this massive point break you know and it was it was incredible to see I've never seen it do it quite like that you know it's, I've had, it's my, had its days but I've had my days of surfing from from flagpoles to past the jetty yeah I believe you know? it of course. Yeah, I've seen some pretty good waves here. Gotta admit, it's my it's my favorite surf spot, I guess. I've surfed more waves here than anywhere else. That's for shit sure. Mm. Now, inevitably, you know you have to answer this question too. Every surfer has a really kooky story, or something embarrassing. Maybe you've never even shared it. That would be the best kind of kooky story. <laughs> but what about? What's a good kooky story for all our beginner listeners to, to remind themselves that even the best of surfers, the guys that put in the most time, still have kooked it once in a while themselves? Well, you got, everybody starts as a kook, so you got to embrace the kook in you. <laughs> you got to embrace the kook in you. I don't know. Shit, Maybe is... the kookiest thing I ever did was paddling out naked at Blacks. <laughs> <clears throat> didn't go over too well with the surfers. <laughs> nope, I didn't get very many smiles there. <laughs> what kind of feedback did you get? It was all scowls. It was all like, cut and cut, being cut off and everything. You know, <laughs> you didn't get no aim. <laughs> How old were you when you did that? I was in my twenties. Uh, I was going to say, but this is really not kooky. It's, it's pretty epic, actually. But how about that little clip I got of you accidentally this summer just paddling out? Mm. What was that, the Doyle that you were on? I think it was John's board, John's yellow. I don't even know what it is. Oh, it yeah, was a you're right. Top, Maybe yeah. It, was, yeah, it was a soft top. But true to your signature move, you paddle into this little knee-high wave. Don't stand up. Just lean into it and get a little tube. Hey, man. 
Like I said, <laughs> if, you know where, if you know where to look for them, you're going to find them. I think that's going to be the little promo clip <laughs> I'll, I'll post. That's such a good one. I really love that. And it was all by accident. I just happened to be lined up with you. I remember when I, I saw it happen, actually, and I looked at my camera, and I was like, ooh, I think it's in line. <clears throat> yep. Glory days. And what are these days? I'm thinking I'm going to start doing. I think I'm thinking of changing my uh, my, my focus to photography, you know, to movies, because that's about all I'm going to get to do. Maybe I can improve on my days. Are you serious my, about that? My my. Uh, I think I've been a pretty good father to my sons, but if there's one thing that I've, if there's one aspect of abuse that I've subjected them to it's my filming of their surfing <laughs> so I'm trying I, mean, I have I have to make up for that I think <laughs> yeah and now I mean everything happens for a reason and at the right time I think so maybe all those years were just meant for them to get good enough to be worthy of filmed <laughs> now we just got to set you up with a good camera or something and post you up on the deck in the trailer park no, I'm getting to get back in the water. That's for sure. Even if it's on a stand-up paddleboard. <laughs> Never. I mean, you're of all people, you're qualified to do it. The only reason people don't like paddleboarders is because they're usually people who aren't willing to learn how to surf. So the paddleboard just kind of makes it so easy for them. But the thing is, a big, huge board is not easy. Yeah. It's a control. True. It's easy to stand on, sure, but that doesn't mean it's easy to control. And so you get these people just learning how to surf with the biggest equipment out there. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You know? No control. That being Seriously, said, you, I, I'm Seriously sure you'd be unsafe. a super qualified stand-up paddleboarder. I got no problem with anybody who rides any equipment as long as they're in control. But I'm preaching to the choir now. One of my, one of my favorite things about when you guys have the house and when you're out here and you're holding it down is that it's like, oh, yes openness love warmth you know a place to go come back to the car and there's a wrapped up egg, breakfast egg sandwich sitting on my my car seat like what a special thing to be treated like that it's not just to your sons but you extend your love and openness to all the boys all the surfer guys just like gam yeah passing gam it and down my mom jean and mama jean yeah she you know, grandma jean was a big time just generous soul. Oh, what a sweet, sweet spirit. Well, this let this be a tribute to her. Let's like put one up to her. Cheers to Grandma Jean. Yeah, they set the tone, and it's it's just it's the best best way to be. Mm. You know. You know, you meet people, and they say they say Thurston House. Oh, I, oh, no Sandin House. I know that house. You know <laughs> Thurston House. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> no sand in house. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody can count how many people have actually been here. <laughs> no way. We're not even close. There's been nights where just, I don't know how many. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no counting. All are welcome. Yeah, it's been good. Real good. Well, thanks for that, Ken. I really, I really do look up to you as a surfer and mm -hmm. a, a torch carrier for the tradition of, you know, welcoming spirit 
it's just, it's an inspiration. It's something that I want to make sure that I have, you know, and when I have great things, I want to be able to share it just like Gam, Grandma Jean, and Papa Ken. Special, you know, it really makes you see like what's important and what's, what's right, what's good. And there's, there's something special about the people who have that, you know, and there's, there's an ease in their life. There's a peace and a, and a love that when you see it, when I see it, I think I want that, you know. Not the stingy ones, not the not the people hoarding and, and protecting, but open and sharing. And I mean, and the best place to do it, you know, <laughs> of all the places, it's not some like back in the back of the neighborhood, still a long walk. It's right here in the front. How special that is, you guys. Everyone out there, if you're drinking something, put one up <laughs> to that to that spirit, to that theme. It's a good way to be. It's the way we all should. Thanks, Ken. You're really welcome, you're welcome Chris. That was good stuff. All right, let's go out there and run some kooks over. <laughs> <laughs>